We're one twelfth of the way into a new year. Is everybody ready for something new? Yes. This morning is going to be done differently. There's going to be some things that I've never done before that some of you may have done, never done before. We've been talking about this being home, so welcome home, everyone. And we want you to think of this as your home church, that this is a place where we come together to hear the word of the Lord, to encourage each other. And just the parallels between your home that you live in and this place right here. And so I'm going to do something, and you guys can join in if you would like. When I go into my house, one of the first things I do is I take my shoes off. I get comfortable. So if you would like to join me and get comfortable in your home, don't throw them at me. <laughs> but we want you to get that vision in your head, is that this is the house of the Lord, but it's also our home. It's the place where we come to get protection, to get encouragement, to just join arms with brothers and sisters. And so just a simple act of taking your shoes off. You don't have to do it, obviously. It's not a requirement for you to be here. But if at some point, five minutes from now, you decide, I want to do that, feel free to do it. We're not going to do this every Sunday. This isn't a new tradition I'm trying to start. <laughs> but it's just I want you to get that feel, just that deep knowledge that this isn't just something we do on Sundays. This isn't just something we come together and we hear, you know, sing a couple songs hear a couple of scriptures, but it's a place where we become together. Because when things happen in your life, does crap happen in your lives, people? Yeah. When that happens, where do you go? You go to your family. You go to those that you've joined arms with. And so I want you to look around. Last week when AJ was preaching... And he asked us to do something we haven't done, I don't think, ever or a long time, is when you're standing around the outside of the sanctuary here, did you look around and see who else was standing here? I mean, it was pretty easy to do because we're all in this big circle. Okay, it's a little harder right now because, you know, you, for you, know, you in the front row, you'd have to turn around and look around to see who else was here. But it was easy to see who else was joining hands together. And that's what we want you to start getting, that picture of who are we? We're not just a few people gathering here and there. We're a body of Christ that's coming together to call on the name of the Lord. And so as we're moving forwards into this new year, new things are happening. Um, there's excitement. You know, there's things happening that we're not able to tell you all of the information yet. You've seen over the last few years, there's been some changes. There's been some you know, differences in the way things are done. But going forwards, we have an announcement that we're going to make in more detail in, in the next coming weeks. But one of the scriptures that we hold on to very tightly is that it says a three-strand cord is not easily broken. Everybody's familiar with that one, right? So me, Anne, and the Holy Spirit is a three-strand cord within my home. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Okay. We've been working as a leadership team here, and AJ and I have been carrying a lot of the load, doing a lot of the work. Elders have been involved in a lot of that. But we're having a third member joining with us. 
We can't give you any more information that in respect to these, this peop these people because they have information, they th have things they want to share with important people in their lives. So we're respecting their wishes to hold it close to our vest at this moment. But in the next coming weeks, there's going to be more information coming that a third strand to the pastoral team is going to be added here soon. So that's the Lord working. Um, we've announced it a couple different times. We've had a lot of different resumes and applications sent to join our pastoral team. A couple of them, I think, were wanting green cards. We had a resume from Botswana, a couple from Nigeria, I think one from Kenya. We had a 70-year-old that wanted to join the pastoral team. We had a 20-year-old that wanted to join the pastoral team. I mean, who wouldn't want to join this team here, right? This is a good place to be, so who wouldn't want to be here? Okay. But God has revealed his plan, and that's what we've been patiently doing is waiting for God to reveal his plan. So that's what we're going to be moving forward into over the next few months you know, through this year. So moving on to this, this month, we're at the end of the month. Next week is February, and the Welcome Home series is what we've been working on. And just to recap real quickly, it was Welcome Home when I started off three weeks ago is, is this your home? Is this the place that you call your body of Christ that you want to be part of? And if it is, what are the gifts and talents that God's put inside of you? How can they benefit this body? Is whatever the gifts and the talents are that God's put inside of you, how do they benefit this body to make it a healthier place? So that when the lost and the struggling come in, there's a body ready to embrace them. Um, Eric Hamilton, in the second week of this series, he said Psalm 127.1 is an important verse for us. And it says, except the Lord build the house, we labor in vain. God built this house. He birthed it years ago, and he gave this place a vision. We're still holding on to that vision, and we're running with it. We're taking what God has birthed in this place, and we're now the ones carrying it forwards. You are all part of that. And then last week, AJ was talking about the prodigal. And we know the story well. The son left the home Give me my inheritance. I'm going to go have a great time and live how I want to live. Lost it all. And finally, when he came to his senses, he, where did he go? Back home. Did he stay in the pig pen? Or did he go back home? And the beautiful part of the story that I've always liked is that the father didn't just sit in his den waiting for the son to return. He was out there looking for him. He was looking down the road. And when he saw the son coming back, he didn't just stand there and say, all right, hurry up, come on. He ran to him, it says, and embraced him, welcomed him back. And then A.J. also said, we don't want to be the elder son that was there the whole time. And when the son, the prodigal son came back, he just stood there and whined and complained. It's like he squandered everything that you gave him, and you're welcoming him back? And the father said, well, this one was lost. He's come back. We should celebrate it. And so those of you that are here, when prodigals come back, when the lost come through those doors, don't sit here and say, well, they should have been here years ago. Let's embrace them. Let's say welcome home, that this is a place that you can come and get healing. This is a place that you can get restoration, where you can become connected into a body of healthy believers. And so that's what we're working towards. So if this is your home, make it your home. Don't just make it a place that you visit every now and then.
the family nights that AJ announced that we're, we've been doing off and on for a couple years now, February 9th, that's what they're for. That's what the classes that we run, the small groups that meet in some of your houses, that's what they're about is getting to know each other because it's hard to get to know each other on a Sunday morning, right? I mean, you may say hi, you may recognize a face, and some of you have embraced my you know, admonition is stop sitting in the same place. Move around a little bit. Get to know a new pocket of people every now and then. And some of you have been forced by the Christmas tree and us reserving seats. But do it. Get to know some other people on the other side of the congregation so that we can, again, link arms in a healthy and a strong way. Learn to trust and lean on each other. And thinking, again, of this place as a home, God is the father of the home, right? Our Heavenly Father is the one that we look to for our inspiration for our direction for our rules how many of you like rules what would happen if there were no laws in this country okay. it'd be chaos it'd be and it's it's not an un new concept in judges chapter 17 verse 6 it says, in those days, in the days of the judges, when there was no king over Israel, everyone did whatever he wanted. Can you imagine your home being like that? That your teenagers did whatever they wanted? Could you imagine if you did whatever you wanted? That you had no moral bounds that kept you from harming other people, from stealing? The Ten Commandments are part of our boundaries. And just the Ten Commandments, we don't even talk about the other 600 laws that God gave them. But if we could just follow those Ten Commandments, how much better of a world would this be? But God knew that it was difficult, that they couldn't follow just those Ten Commandments even. And so we have that case of everybody doing what they wanted. And so if that's the case in your own home, where you as the father, as the leader of the house, the parents of the house, you've never set any rules and all the kids will figure it out on their own. I'm not coming to visit your house. And I'll say, as a father, I messed up. I set rules for my children that they couldn't hold. I set my standards too high in some cases, expecting them to be perfect. And when they weren't, it broke me. And so God expects a lot out of us, doesn't he? But does he leave us without any help? without any aid, he gave us the Holy Spirit to help guide and direct us, to help us to toe the line, if you will, because we don't want to be a house where everybody does whatever they want. And so if you break the law in the state, in this country, what happens to you? Consequences. There should be consequences. Everybody, turn in your Bibles to Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews 12, verses 5 through 11. And you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks unto you as unto children. My son, despise not you the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when you are rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens, or corrects, and scourges every son whom he receives. If you endure chastening, God deals with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the father does not chasten? 
But if you are without chastisement, wherefore all are partakers, then you are bastards and not sons. Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh which corrected us and gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the Father of spirits and live? For, the ver for ver they verily for a few days chastened us after their own pleasure, but here for our own profit, that we might be partakers of his holiness. Now no chastening for the present seems to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness, righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. So God's the father of this house. He has rules. But he also says that if we are sons and daughters of his, should we expect chastening? Should we expect discipline? It says if we don't think that should happen, then we're not sons. We're not, ex we're not knowing what the scripture tells us. And the good news of Jesus is that all the things that he went through, we're also going to experience. But in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 5 and 11, chastening, another word is used as discipline. And in discipline, unfortunately, has taken on some very negative connotations in our society. Is that discipline, um, you know, when I disciplined my children, a lot of times it was paddling their butts when they did something that broke my rules in my house. And so we've taken discipline and made it something that it wasn't intended to be. Again, back to my Webster's 1828. Discipline is instruction. It's education. It's instructing in correct principles and habits. So when it says the Lord will chasten us, he disciplines us for what reason? To instruct us in good things, to teach us how to live out this life. And so it says that the Lord chastens or he will discipline those that he loves. And in Galatians chapter 6, verse 1, it says, Brothers, family, if someone is caught in wrongdoing or sinning, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering yourself, lest you may also be tempted. To be family, we don't have to be perfect, do we? Anybody in here perfect? I've asked this before, and nobody's put their hand up yet, so I think we're safe to keep asking that question. God doesn't expect us to be perfect. He expects us to come after him with our whole hearts, souls, and minds. Okay? And as we do that, he corrects us. He shows us areas where maybe our lives aren't matching up to his goals and his plans for us. And he'll, he'll rebuke us. He'll use others to chastise us. But we need to do it in the spirit of meekness because none of us is perfect. None of us has it all together. But when God reveals the truth to us, we need to share it. And so if we look around and we know that somebody is not doing life according to the scriptures, our part of the body is we want a healthy body. Is if we've got a cancer in our midst, what do you do with the cancer? Just ignore it and hope it goes away? Or do you cut it out? Or do you radiate it? You do something to kill the cancer because it's not supposed to be there. We're not looking to kill each other. Don't misquote me on that. We're looking to see in our own hearts if there's something in us that does not measure up to the righteousness of God and address it with scripture, with love, so that we can become more and more like our brother, Jesus Christ. So family is more than just getting together and seeing faces and 
oh, I'll see you next Sunday. It's about being involved in each other's lives, getting personal with each other so that we know how we can stand alongside and help each other. Again, next week, I mean, Wednesday's February 1, right? It's a short month, our 28-day month, and we'll be starting a new series in that month. And AJ and I have talked, and we've discussed some different things about what this, what this year looks like. And as of right now, we're going to continue on with this home theme. Is we don't know if it's going to last the entire year. We're going to listen for what God has to say. But thinking of this church as a home, as the place that you call your home church, is we're going to do a lot of paralleling between how you run your home and what this church looks like. And one of the important parts of any home, any family, is sharing meals together, right? Families are getting busier. Things are you know, going all different directions. But one of the most important things that we can do, and I encourage every single one of you, is make time. No matter how busy your schedule is, sit down and have a meal with each other. Put the phones in a basket, get them away, and just sit there and look at each other if you have to. Get to know each other more intimately as a family because too much of a, you know, is this, yeah. is looking at these things, even during meals. So set them aside and enjoy a meal together. Get to know each other some more. Um, next week I'll be preaching again, and my message is going to be feed my sheep. So just to give you an idea where we're heading. But next, the theme for all of next month for February is going to be family and fellowship. So that's where we're heading with that. Jesus set the example. If you will, turn to John chapter 13. This is where Jesus is having the Last Supper with the disciples in the upper room right before he went to the cross. John chapter 13. I'm going to read verses 1 through 17 here. John chapter 13, verses 117. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was coming, that he should depart out of this world unto the Father, having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. And supper being ended, the devil having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son to betray him, Jesus knowing the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he was come from God and went to God. He rose from supper, laid aside his garments, and took a towel and girded himself. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. Then came he to Simon Peter, and Peter said unto him, Lord, do you wash my feet? And I want you to hear that with indignation. Peter wasn't just asking a question. And he goes on to say, Jesus says to him, What do I know? What I do now you do not know, but you shall know hereafter. And Peter said unto him, You shall never wash my feet. Pretty bold statement to me making to the Son of God, isn't it? Jesus has prepared himself to wash the feet. And Peter said, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, if I wash you not, you have no part with me. Simon Peter said unto him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. And Jesus said to him, He that is washed needs not save to wash his feet, but is clean everywhere. And you are clean, but not all. 
for he knew who should betray him and said to him, you are not clean. So after he had washed their feet and had taken his garments and was set down again, he said unto them, know you what I have done to you? You call me master and Lord, and you say, well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and master, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord, neither is he that is sent greater than he that, is sent, that sent him. If you know these things, happy are you if you do them. So this is the only gospel that records this service that Jesus did. And I want you to get a mental picture is that we live in a different climate than Israel. Is that you imagine walking around without even socks on, just your bare feet or sandals on hot, dusty desert area. Dirty feet, right? Yet Jesus humbled himself and said, I am your master but I'm willing to do something that only a slave or a low member of a servant in a household would do. It says that he took off his garments. And I want you to see some parallels here with what Jesus did here at the Last Supper that he was about to do on the cross. It says that he rose from his place. He left heaven for us. He left his place with the Father and the Holy Spirit. Perfect communion, perfect fellowship and said, I'm going to rise from that. I'm going to leave that where I was comfortable. It says he took off his garments. And remember, these are the garments that were so valuable that the Roman guards gambled to see who would get them instead of tearing them apart and sharing pieces of them. It says he set aside his garments. He set aside his glory to humble himself and come as a man, leaving the Godhead. It says he took a pitcher filled with water and he came to each of the disciples and poured it over their feet and washed their feet. On the cross, he poured out his blood. And as he poured out the water on their feet, he washed their dirty feet that had dust and who knows what else on them from walking around. He poured out his blood to wash us clean of our sins to clean the dirtiest parts of us. His blood cleanses of that. And when all of this was finished, it says in verse 12, when he finished washing, he put back on his clothes. He put back on the glory and he returned to his place. At the Last Supper, he returned to the table with the disciples and reclined with them again. But after the resurrection, he returned to the Father and took his place in heaven again. And so what we see in this foot washing was a parallel of what he was about to do on the cross and for us. And so this morning, we're going to do that. Um, AJ, Donna, Brian, we're going to do a foot washing. This is not something you have to do. This is something that we're offering to do for you as leaders of this church the body that is here, we're going to ask you, if this is something you want to partake in, please do it. Um, if you do not want to, sit there quietly in prayer. Observe.
And as they prepare, what we want you to think of is even for you to come forwards, this is an act of humility. Is It's an act of worship that you're saying, don't be like Peter and say, you'll never wash my feet. This is just a representation of the act of servanthood that Jesus did, that he humbled himself and he came down from the high places, the heavenlies, and took on the form of a man and said, I love each and every one of you so much that this is what I'm willing to do. And he came to each of the disciples after he had taken off his robe and off his garments and he girded himself. And he came with a pitcher and a basin and he came to each one of the disciples and he humbled himself and washed their filthy feet with his own hands. The very hands that he was going to allow to be pinned to the cross and pour out his blood. So I'm going to close this in prayer. If you would like to come forwards and start taking your shoes and socks off, we're going to have six different stations here where you can come to each one of us. You don't have to come to each one of us. Come to a station and allow us to serve you in a very unique way. Again, this isn't something we're going to do every week. This isn't something we're doing on a regular basis. I've never in all my years as a Christian, I've never experienced this. And so I want you to, again, come forwards. We've reserved the front row for you to, you know, get in line. Prepare taking your shoes and your socks off. And then when there's an empty seat, just come forward. So if anybody wants to start the process, come forwards. If you do not want to partake in this, you're welcome to leave. And if you do, I'm going to ask you one thing. Just continue praying. But also take this opportunity while you're waiting your turn to maybe go and say hi to somebody, introduce yourself to someone that you have not had the chance to introduce yourself to before. Do it quietly. Women to women, please, and men to men. So I'll be down here in a moment, but let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your, for your love for us that knows no bounds, that you are willing to throw off your holiness and take on the form of a man to come and glorify the Father in a simple act of cleaning dirty feet and just the representation, the, the power that it spoke that here you are, God, humbling yourself to do what only a slave or a lowly servant would normally do in a house in Israel. Lord, bless us as we seek after your face, that we're not satisfied with just doing things the way everybody else does, that we want to do things the way according to your plan and your purposes for your name to be glorified in all that is said and done in this place and going forwards, that we'll, we'll be empowered, Lord, to take your love and take it out of this place with us. Spread your gospel. Spread hope to those that have no hope. That your name will be glorified in all that is said and done in this body. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Be blessed. Come forwards and get ready if you would like to.